Unburned! <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to the Witchfinger Horror Podcast. My name is Yasmina, and to my right is Morgan. Hello! To my left is Megan. Hello! And tonight we are watching one of my fucking favorite 80s horror movies, The Gate. Oh yeah! I, the nostalgia surrounding this is fin- it's just phenomenal. I know. I have ever since we started this podcast, always, always wanted to do this movie. It was just definitely the first movie on the list. I was like, "Yep, we have to do the gate," and it took us fucking like whatever, a couple years or a year and a half. Couple years, yeah. Like a million years, but we finally we've we're finally doing it. We'll uh, get started here with some information on the film. The Gate is directed by I'm not sure how Timor. I know. Is it Timor? Timor. Timor. Takax? I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but he was born in Budapest, but he moved to Canada two years later, and this movie was released in 1987, which means that this year is the 30th anniversary Woo! of the movie. When, when was yeah. the actual release date? May 5th. Ah, so we May did miss Megan's it. on top of it. Yes, yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, there was, was there not Excellent. Gate Fest that happened yeah, May 15th. Uh, that well, was that was um, at Horrorama in Toronto. There was a thing called Gate Fest last year, but it is this this year is the, 30th the actual 30th anniversary. Yeah. So it was a good year. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. It was the best of times. It, it was, was the, the blurst, blurst of, of times. times. <laughs> <laughs> I was five. And I believe I was probably four. <laughs> nice work. Yes, nice. I was five. I was yeah. one. <laughs> no, I was five. I know math. Math. Yeah. But yeah, so this movie was written by Michael Nankin, and he actually originally was planning on directing it, but I'm not sure why he didn't end up directing it, but he is now currently a TV director. So he does direct a lot of TV series. It's actually kind of interesting. When I was doing my research on Michael, the first script was very much darker oh yeah i saw some of that as well it was pretty nightmarish yeah well basically it was it was way darker because he was going through a divorce so he was going through not very good time in his life and he actually grew up with a kid named terry so he named this kid obviously after the friend that he had when he was a little kid but so the original first script for the gate involved Glenn and Terry being more mischievous and they would you know how they catch the moths in this movie they would actually catch them and like rip their wings off and like torture them the demon minions were actually supposed to leave the house and terrorize the whole town the hole was actually supposed to grow much bigger and engulf part of the neighborhood there were scenes of the neighbors being dragged out of their homes and killed by the creatures on the streets and they just realized that it would be too expensive to shoot it this way so they scaled it down that's kind of a i don't know if you guys read any of like some of the critiques a lot of people were like oh it's good if you like like kids kind of horror and i feel like 
if I were reading that, being like the the writer of the original script, I would have mm. been like, but if you had known the shit that I had planned yeah, originally, I, know. I, know. I mean, it turned out to be fucking awesome anyways, but so yeah. many people over reviews I was reading were like, I mean, it's good, you know, it's kind of like for like teenagers though. Yeah. Yeah, but we were kids when we watched this yeah, movie, so yeah. that's why um, it definitely is very nostalgic for me. Uh, we used to watch it a lot in high school, me yeah. and Morgan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we just sit there and yell like, you've like all the fucking time but yeah he uh so when michael nankin was a kid he grew up with a kid named terry in his neighborhood and this kid actually like because michael had just moved into a new house and terry his friend actually told him that the house that he just moved into was haunted by a workman who died in the house while it was being built so hence the workman in this movie Mm. as well uh like everything was just stemmed from his childhood and i love a lot of uh writers and directors who do actually take from their life stories and involve it into it like our dreams yeah and make it into their movies because most of the time it does actually turn out to be pretty pretty good ideas yeah like some of the most interesting things i think and ideas are what you come up with when you're a kid you know you you're crazy you have wild ideas and like yeah, i think that was the whole point of this morbid. yeah like for sure absolutely like and i think the quote that i saw from michael nankin was that this was basically the nastiest thoughts that you could have from childhood so hence you know the nightmarish idea of the worker inside the wall that your friend is like teasing you about like oh your house is haunted there's a guy that's buried in the wall it's fucked up which yeah. is horrifying yeah if you're a fucking totally kid. Yeah. I, I think he said he was like four years old when he was told yeah. that four or five and i mean think about it like when you're four or five years old you're really young like that shit stuck with him until he was a man oh i definitely have had fucking wrote it some thoughts and dreams when I was like four or five years old that still stick with me now. Ooh. A geode. Ooh, beautiful. Gorgeous. Yeah. All right, so Tibor also directed I, Madman, which I am a big fan of. Uh, it's got Jenny Wright from... Near Dark. Near Dark in it. It's great. It's She's a librarian. She just works in this, like, bookstore, and one of the characters from the stories, like, comes to life mm-hmm. and starts terrorizing people. So Tibor directed it, but the same writer as Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. And cool. uh, his name is David Chaskin. He also wrote The Curse with Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. It's not an amazing movie, but I, I, I'll i sit through it. I do, <laughs> the I curse? Do, yeah. I saw the, your VHS copy bad. downstairs. Yeah, I yeah. saw it. It's a, I think they did a sequel, but I never watched it. But it's not bad. It's not bad. Wait, we're talking about Tibor, right? Uh, no, uh, yes, but we're, uh, The Curse with oh, Will Wheaton. Oh, no, yes. I was going to say, the list that I made of Tibor's movies consists of Mega Snake. Ice Me- Snake, Mansquito, Whoa, Killer Rats. Like this. Oh, man, the Killer Rats. I've heard of. This man is into like very like, super like, like Sharknado, 60, like sixties yeah, yeah. cheese kind just of stuff. Like, ice spiders. Lots of like. Uh, I want to see that so bad. Like Roger Corman type movies. Oh, yeah, just like hilarious. Yeah. But he also shit. did some like Outer Limits episodes. Yeah. So that show mm. was really cool. He apparently directed some Sabrina the Teenage Witch episodes. He did, and he did. Earth, remember Earth Final Contact? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He fucking oh, yeah. did some episodes that's of cool. that. Like, that's, that's cool. Like, that's really that's cool. Awesome. And the Crow TV series. Oh my god, I know! <laughs> that shit was so bad. And the oh, fucking guy who T-Bar. played the Crow is the guy in the Iron Chef. Yeah, yeah the and he's like the Iron host. Chef, yeah. 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 yeah, He's like, in the in the words of my an- my ancestors or something yeah, yeah. like that, my my uncle or some shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah. bitch, you ain't related to that guy. <laughs> 
Maybe well, he, like thousands of no, years back. No, he's related. No, <laughs> I've I've done my research because I'm kind of obsessed with the Food Network. He's yeah, related same. to the guy who was the announcer for the original oh, Iron really? Chef. The original oh, Iron see, Chef. Oh, see, I thought that in was Japan. all just made up for TV. No, he actually is related to the. But, That's interesting. But the original That's so Iron Chef. The, the original one is the best one oh, with I Chen Kenichi. Yeah. Oh my god, intense. I love Iron. It's like Chef. for honor. Like I, they fall on their swords if they lose. Yeah. Like, I swear to God. Yeah. Chen they get they get impaled yeah. if they lose. <laughs> I'm actually surprised. I I remember that guy's name, Chen Kenichi. He's the he was the Chinese chef. Crazy. Look at you go. Yeah. The one with the red hat, I think. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. I, I haven't seen I the, uh, the original in a while, but I also admire the Food Network. Um, Bobby Flay, my well, man. Well, Tibor also <laughs> directed oh, up, The Gate 2. Yes, he did. As you know well. what else? Before we get into that, I just want oh, to yeah, no, we'll get into our, that later. for all our viewers. viewers oh. Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> <laughs> for all of our listeners out there, does anyone remember the Red Shoe Diaries? Uh, the show Red Shoe Diaries? Uh, it sounds it familiar. Was, yeah. it, was, it was on late night TV. It was like softcore porn. Okay. It was kind of like the X-Files, but for porn. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so he... The he, sex files, then. The, the sex files. Mm, very nice. <laughs> and you know why that made me think of X-Files? Because David Duchovny hosted Red Shoe Diaries, because David oh, Duchovny is a sex addict. He is! And it all yes, comes and from all circles. Circles. And California Californication is actually, like, a true story about David Duchovny, like, being addicted to Who sex. Who wouldn't fuck David Duchovny? Oh, a crazy person. Come on. Come on. He's sexy. Morgan, would you? Well, it depends what... If I, what do era? I, do I have a time machine? Yeah. If I have a time machine, then sure. I, don't I wouldn't know, man. fuck him now. If he confronted but I you would now, do it. I'd, do I'd it be like, then. I've always wanted to fuck a sex addict. Yeah? Yeah, just to see, like, what the just difference to see, is. Like, yeah. You might well, be horrified. You yeah. Know, I regret it. Totally. But if it's David Duchovny, like, sure, I'm game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd ask him to wear, like, his badge or something. Like, yeah. something from the X-Files. Oh like, my god, that's so funny. That's fucking hilarious. Like, pin it to your skin. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him once in person in 1999. No oh, way. so jealous. Um, at a party in New Jelly. York City. Like, at a party. I know. It was like right before like shit got crazy with Kitty. And we were at a party and there was a lot of drugs. And David Duchovny was there and Marilyn Manson was also there. And uh, Miss Guy from the Toilet Boys was DJing. And I remember seeing Dave Duke. Oh, I remember being the like, Toilet Boys. Yeah, and being like, oh my god, he's here, that's so cool. Yeah. And then we ate these, like, Doritos that had, like, acid in them, and, like, my mom was, like, cutting people's hair off, and it was a really weird night. Wait, well, got... your mom was actually cutting people's hair off? Yeah, like, she, that pulled, wasn't, was that the she night? pulled scissors Sorry. out of her fucking bag and was like, touch the wizard's hair. She well, cut this guy's hair off. That was Marilyn Manson. He was there. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, we got dosed. It was fun. It was good times. I remember you Wild telling shit. me that story and telling me that that's like probably like the drunkest, some of the drunkest. Yeah, one of the drunkest nights that you've ever had. Yes, it was. It was pretty bad. That's so funny. That and my Danny Filth night, which we'll save for another. Oh yeah, we'll save that for night. another night. <laughs> Whenever Cradle of Filth comes up back yeah. up again. <laughs> well, Tibor. Used to be a recording engineer oh. for a Toronto punk band called the Vile Tones because The Gate and The Gate Two are Canadian movies. Yeah, I love that connection. I know, I really love it. Yeah, so he was the recording engineer for the Vile Tones, and then he was a producer for another band called the Cardboard Brains. Um, and then he got into doing some cinematography and art directing for a Friends movie. So that's when he started getting into film, mm-hmm. and then he was offered a chance to 
to direct Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, <gasps> but he didn't do it because it was way too short notice right. and he had no time to prepare. Mm. He said he wanted the effects and, like, the gore and shit to be so extreme. Yeah. And he just didn't have any time, yeah, time yeah. to, like, make it as good Get as he together. wanted yeah. to make yeah. it. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate because sometimes when you think about, you know, what could have been. Yeah, you never know. Kudos yeah. to him for declining knowing that he couldn't do his best work. Yeah. Best. Yeah, that's right. That's true artistry right sure. there. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I love the way Dream Master turned out, so it worked out for the yeah. best, I guess. Yeah. So we're just at the scene here with uh Steven Dorf adorable little tiny Isn't that Steven so Dorf. crazy? He's I know. so small. This um, is his first like full movie role. Yeah, yeah, very first uh movie role. And this is the day that the parents are going out of town. So the kids are saying goodbye. This is like another reason. I Okay, there's many reasons why I love this movie so much. Uh, one of them is the whole <coughs> kids versus uh, evil like entities, like monsters, whatever. Because when you watch these movies as a kid, you relate to them. And it obviously like holds that nostalgia factor. Mm. And I also love this movie because the whole premise of like the parents being out of town and leaving the kids behind and the kids like having to deal with like whatever like evil things and like, ooh, having a party. Like mom and dad are gone. Let's yeah. have a party. Like I'm pretty the sure everyone fucking ever. did that. Look at how sick it is. So much crimp. Crimpy hair. Look at those earrings. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, like, we all grew up this way, the three of us anyways, in the 80s, and even, like, earlier how you were just mentioning how when you're a kid, you come up with all these, like, crazy, morbid ideas and have crazy Mm. dreams, and then later in life, like, you know, these directors and writers, like, write them into movies, because back then, we didn't have the internet, so we were more creative, I feel, as children. Like, we came up with all these, like, crazy, adventurous stories and everything, and I just, it obviously, like, takes me back to the, the days of, like, party and sleepovers and renting movies. You know, using yeah. your imagination. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Now you can <laughs> Not being something. desensitized yeah. into being a fucking robot. Yeah, you come up with something now when you put it into Google and somebody's already thought of it. Like, that always happens. Yeah. You can Google any strange thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this, speaking of sleepovers, this definitely was like a sleepover movie. Yeah. I can recall many times renting it and watching it. Oh yeah, this movie and Dolls for some reason. Dolls, I, I to, like, totally. That yeah, was a I used to rent. As well. uh, that was definitely a sleepover movie. Was Dolls and like any of the Nightmare on Elm Streets and Friday Thirteenth. Mm. But this one was just always. It was just always on the shelf. It was always at sleepovers and parties. And yep. I personally, my my two favorite. I guess specific like categories of horror movies are slashers and creature features. I am more partial, I guess, to creature features because I just love monsters. Like I think like the whole practical effects of monsters in in 80s horror movies just melt my heart. Like any little creature, big monster, anything that has no CGI. Yeah. Like, it's all tangible and real. Like yeah, you know it could some be guy worst... suffering in a, inside I of a know. suit. Like it could be the worst movie ever, but if they're using like like Cellar Dweller. Mm-hmm. Like oh it's my not, God, not, not the best movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I love that fucking monster. Like he's so he's really adorable. Like it just takes me back to like, yeah, like just even like when you were a kid and playing with like Boglins and stuff like that yeah. when all that shit was around. Like it definitely takes you back and... I've talked about this before, but, like, yeah, like, sometimes, I mean, technology is amazing, don't get me wrong. We're very fortunate to have grown up 
without it uh, right. to know the dynamics of the difference between the two and mm. I'm very grateful that we grew up in the 80s like just like yeah. knowing that difference like being able to like uh, you know make an effort to make a phone call or making an effort to find where someone lives by looking at a physical map you know yeah. what I mean or even just like, the depths of your imagination yeah, phone book. I guess phone books still exist but I don't I still but get like, them I used to Google use like yeah, my I phone know. book was like worn and torn like we used to go through the phone book to find like like gross names and prank call them. Prank calls, exactly. Or like, yeah. I want to know your address. Like See, the phone book was yeah. fucking great. I used to stalk boys like nobody's Yeah, That's why it was so well worn. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> right. Maggie's looking up all That's these awesome. boys. But yeah, so the gate, the budget was $6 million and box office made $13.5 million. That's amazing. Uh, it has a rating of six on IMDb. It has a 43% on Rotten Tomatoes and it was filmed in Toronto and Vaughan, which is just like on the outskirts of Toronto. Um, they built an exterior to the back of the house for some scenes and the houses in the neighborhood were actually still being built. It was like a new complex. Mm-hmm. So they actually had to build a fence around the backyard so you couldn't see the construction workers. Which is hilarious. Yeah, I know. Because I wish one of those construction workers would like come forth and be interviewed and yeah. be like, oh, I remember when they were filming that movie. Yeah, it was all this crazy fog machine yeah, and holes that's and little so guys in like, these like insane costumes <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, But Critters. they're probably like, whoa, whatever. So uh, really quickly, this girl here... Um, so they're at the part of the party when they're about to have a seance or whatever and like levitate somebody. This girl with the flannel shirt and the pigtails, she's a Canadian actress from the 80s and 90s and she's in a couple Friday 13th TV show episodes. Nice, nice, That's nice, cool. Nice, yeah, nice, nice, she's nice. in the episode. I love right. the Friday 13th TV show. And uh, she's in a couple episodes and there's one episode where she finds a mirror and whenever she looks into the mirror, she has the ability to become prettier, but she has to kill somebody for it. Sick. It's actually a pretty good episode. I'm a fan of that show, and I know a lot of people are like, whatever, it's got nothing to do with the movies, but yeah, they did steal the title, but I love anthologies, like any anthology, Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Dark Side, and Fright, like if you like those kinds of shows, like definitely if you can find the Friday 13th TV show, you should watch it. The third season, it's only three seasons, the third season is eh, but the first two seasons are awesome, and Roby was a babe back then. Do you know who that is? No. She's got giant red hair. Like, she was oh. just, like, an 80s babe. It's It sounds really familiar. Her name's Roby? Yeah, well, technically Louise Roby, but she used to go by Roby because uh, she used to be a, a musician, a singer, and she released a couple albums like, Damn, before she started acting. Hair. But she was, like, a 80s babe. Like, babe, uh, what's her sure. name? Like, Tawny Katane. Yeah. She was, like, the Canadian Tawny Katane, pretty much. That's fun. Um, so what's that girl's name that you were just talking about? Uh, the one in the flannel that's in the Friday 13th yeah. TV show. Yeah. This scene always kind of freaked me out a little bit. The scene where they levitate Stephen Dorff. And they're all like, whatever. Stiff as a board, light as a feather. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone played it. I'm pretty sure I played that. Oh, totally. After the craft came out. I remember, like, sleepovers trying to do that. Except for I remember it, like, worked. Is it because there were 12 of us around one person? Probably. Is that probably why? So the girl who is in the flannel. uh, Yeah. Who was also on the Friday 13th TV show. Her name is Ingrid Veninger. She was in Degrassi. Yeah, but the next generation, ew. Mm, boo. Boo. Ew. Gross. Drake, ew. <laughs> it's all about Joey Jeremiah. Yeah. 
Well, we are currently watching the DVD. I have this on DVD and uh, VHS. Um, the DVD was released by Lionsgate, and the fucking picture on the cover isn't even Stephen no. Dorff. Like, they got yeah. some other random it's kid to pose. It's pretty weird, yeah, yeah, that they wouldn't even, like, Just have some, like, like artwork from it. Just release, like, the original photo, I guess. Yeah. Like, or do a reimagining of the, the original yeah, photo. Yeah, he's even wearing different clothes, yeah. too. Yeah, he's got a different haircut. He's got, like, a mushroom cut. And yeah, I know. It's just really strange. It doesn't yeah. even look like him. They well, didn't even try. Vestron released the Blu-ray earlier yeah. this year, and oh, nice. I, I yeah. want it. I want it really badly. I actually, I just went to Fan Expo in Toronto, and I stopped by the Suspect Video booth, and I saw it, and I was like, I kind of don't want to spend 50 bucks on a Blu-ray right now. Dollars. Yeah, but it has, like, tons of fucking special features, Yeah, though. but I bet you can find it cheap. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like with commentary and stuff? Yeah, oh, yeah. There's oh, like yeah, featurettes. Yeah. There's That's like really making cool. of. Like there's like, t- uh, I think there's commentary by by Tibor mm-hmm. and possibly Michael. I can't remember, but I, I will buy the Blu-ray. But yeah. for now, like I usually just watch it on VHS, but we're just watching it on DVD right now. Yeah. The making of, I think, would be really fascinating just because a lot of the visual effects, I know there was some really groundbreaking stuff. Did you watch that that quick making of on YouTube? Yeah, the 15 minute one I did, yeah. Yeah, I didn't watch it actually. I did, yeah, I watched it. Um, It really was just talking to Tibor and Michael Nankin about, you know, how the film came to be um, and talking, because it was only really 15 minutes, so it was just like a basic, like, you know, quick story, Michael Nankin talking about how when he wrote the film, it was supposed to be a lot darker. Um, And then what happened, because he was originally supposed to direct, like you said earlier, and then I guess uh, it it changed hands, apparently, and and, uh, he had a producer that was trying to raise money for him, Mm -hmm. and he didn't actually make his goal and ended up selling it to someone else, another production company, and that's how it changed hands and he wasn't able to direct it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then they really just kind of talked a little bit about the special effects and whatnot and, and how Tibor's favorite kind of scene is uh, the forced perspective uh, scene. Yeah. Which I think is, like, phenomenal. Everybody talks about that. It's, yeah, it's I know, I know. It's a pivotal scene in the movie, and the effects in it are just phenomenal. Yeah, so basically what they did was they had guys in the monster suits. Yeah. And then did the whole, like, forced perspective thing to, like, make them look, like, smaller I than the that kids. Shit. But they're really just, like, really, yeah. really far away. Yeah. And, like, they built, like, <laughs> they built a set as well, like, for their, yeah. their, where they were standing, so they looked smaller and everything was bigger, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's typical old Hollywood... Magic. Magic, absolutely. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that they did in, like, The Wizard of Oz and, like, all those movies that you're like, wow, how did they do that? Yeah. You know? Uh, and, I mean, it works. It still works to this day. And, I mean, this is, like, a DVD copy. It's really clear, and it doesn't look, you know, That's shitty. my cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> well, apparently there was a remake that was supposed to be made and it was actually supposed to be in 3d and they started production in 2009 and it was scheduled for a 2011 release but it just never happened and like i tried to get a little more information about it but i just couldn't find anything but alex winter was i know supposed that's to direct so it. ridiculous yeah alex winter is bill from bill and ted's excellent adventure yeah, he Isn't was that amazing. And I actually thought, you know what? I actually think that it would have been good because he also, I think, like co-directed or something that movie Freaked. 
Do you remember that movie? No. That's a weird movie. I don't remember it. It I don't was know like, that I saw it, but I know, like, I know other. Yeah, that's a pretty interesting movie. But the creatures in the remake or whatever, like, the 3D one, were supposed to be designed by H.R. Giger. And, Which is really fucking yeah, cool. Yeah, and Randall William Cook, who also did the design for the original Gate. Uh, so the monsters for the gate, mm-hmm. and he also worked on Ghostbusters. He also worked on Lord of the Rings, Fright mm-hmm. Night, and Q, the Wicked Serpent. <laughs> One of these days, we'll have to watch that movie. It just looks awful. It, yeah, like it's. But uh, well, didn't we watch? We just watched a video. The best of, of which is just, just the scenes of, of the dragon, of, right? It's or, or Q, or whatever, whatever the, the fuck, fuck it is. is. Oh, I remember watching that. <laughs> Yeah, it looks terrible. But the uh, concept art was was made. Like, they, they drew it and everything. So I'm not really sure what happened with that. But fun fact about Randall William Cook was in The Gate, the part with uh, Stephen Dorff and the eye in his hand, that was actually Randall's hand. Yes. And it's funny because it's like a grown man's hand. <laughs> and it's supposed to be like this little kid's hand. But you can't tell. No, not at all. Apparently that Gate 3D remake was also going to be penned by a, a writer uh, called Carrick McDonald, um, who actually Carrick. yeah Carrick McDonald. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I like Carrick, he didn't but really <laughs> nothing yeah. that I saw really like stuck out other than the, that he wrote for the X Files. Oh, or okay. He did some stuff for the X Files. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, cool, 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 cool. I like X Files. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love all the clothes in this movie as well. Alex, Stephen Dorff's sister, just the sweater alone that she was wearing like during the party. No, the party scene was oh, just fuck, filled with amazing. And like shit. what she's all all. Oh, the, I love that. Everything that they're wearing right now, like the pastel colors, yeah, it's the so oversized cardigans. With I fucking the, like, love it, and the teased and bangs. Jesus! Yeah. So my my guitar player is a few years older than me, and he was in high school in the 80s, and he told me that the girls that teased the fuck out of their bangs, the higher the bangs were, the more popular they were. Oh, come of on. Of course. Yeah. Oh, look at this Okay, so we're down. at the scene when so uh, Lewis Tripp is rocking out to... It's funny because the band... Uh, Sacrifice is actually a real band. Yes, They're, but it's Sacrifix. I know, Sacrifix in the movie. I oh. love this part so much when he puts on his, like, rainbow sheet. <laughs> Speaking in satanic tongue. Oh my god, I love it. He's so adorable. That is the best fucking in sheet ever. I know. This melts my heart because this is me when I was getting into metal when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, I would sit there and, like, listen to Metallica and Cannibal Corpse and, like, do fucking dumb shit in my room, like, headbang and, like, pretend <laughs> to sing, like, into, a, like, a fake microphone or something. And I'm just, like, I, the first time I saw this movie, I was like, oh, I love this oh, guy. It's I love fucking so fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, so this the Sacrifix album or whatever that he is listening to, the record is by the actual Canadian band Sacrifice. Did you know, okay, so you know the big four? The big four, like mm-hmm, Metallica, yeah. Megadeth, of Anthrax, course. Suicidal Tendencies. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that there was other big fours. So there's a Canadian big four. Yeah, Razor's probably Razor, uh, Voivod, and Sacrifice. I can't remember who the other band is. Voivod, but there's a big four Jesus. grunge. There's like a big four, a bunch of different categories. Interesting. I, I, I always thought that there was just a the one. A big four grunge. Is yeah, Nirvana I know. Nirvana, probably Soundgarden and Alice in Chains, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. 
<laughs> Fuck Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. Another fun fact about Lewis Tripp, uh, Terry's... Uh, Is that he loves Satan? Yeah, <laughs> that he... Well, in real life, yes. Yeah. We'll get into that. Um, but I like that his back patch also, he has the Killer Dwarfs back patch, who are also another Canadian metal band. Yeah. Man, so as I was, like, looking into his character, <laughs> trying to, like... I've just been, like, trying to pick out, like, the most... Oh, that, that's really interesting. And as I'm looking for these interesting facts, I find that, like... I love when people play characters like he played the nerdy kid in Detroit, in Detroit Rock, Rock, City. Rock City. He played I know. the drug dealer. I know, right? In like Rich no name. Kid. Like he he also like he played all these like fucking random random parts, and I love yeah. those actors. Yeah, for sure. Well, we love them. Let's get into it. What do you it. mean he's satanic? Okay, How let's. Get into oh, it. we know We're some. Gonna, yeah. We know shit about Louis. Okay, like, so legit, like a like, while yeah. ago, like probably I want to say maybe four years ago, me and Morgan were watching The Gate, and we wanted to know what happened to him and we looked him up and we were like shit yeah we're like first of all cool he's from St. Catherine like an hour away from where we live he was in a couple TV shows before the gate oh yeah and then he also starred in the sequel and then uh, like Megan mentioned that he's like nerd in Detroit Rock City but it's uncredited so I think it's a deleted scene because I've seen Detroit Rock City a million times and I've never noticed him him. but yeah so in real life currently he's an occultist and actually practices magic magic like pulls a rabbit out of a hat no no like black magic black magic like occult magic like blood magic yeah I watched an interesting YouTube video of him just talking about it people think like oh Satanist like oh devil worshipper but like we do our history and we know about like the actual but that's what I'm saying he doesn't actually believe yeah Megan he changed his name to Bath no yeah Yeah. okay so uh moving on He changed his name to Bath. Yeah. Basically, um, okay, so after, I think after the gate two, I did, like, I dug it, like, for research on this guy online. Like, for, I I spent, like, a whole afternoon just looking up Lewis Tripp. So they apparently found somebody that worked with him at a call center in St. Catharines after the gate two. Mm -hmm. So I think after the gate two is when he kind of stopped acting. Yeah, he retired around 17. And then he did the cameo in Detroit Rock City when he was 29. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he moved to Australia, and then he legally changed his name to 1220 (laughs) in the 90s. Yes. Because L is the 12th letter, and T is the 20th letter of the alphabet, so those are his initials. Very smart. And he had music very, released. Yeah, very smart. Sure, yeah. good point. Yes. <laughs> um, so then he had music released under that name and played live shows with another guy. Question, sorry. 1220 or 1220? Uh, I saw Like the number 12, yeah, yeah. Uh, semicolon, and then the number like the 20. Time. Like okay. 12, yeah. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, so, so yeah, so he actually had a band under that name called 1220. He played live shows with another guy, but then the other guy quit because he didn't like the direction of where the music was going. Apparently, too, like... Uh, some of the shows that they were doing, like, inv- involved, like, the Humane Society and, like, the yeah, police that was stuff. actually like, chaos. Kind of weird. Yeah, that was actually chaos. So then what happened was that when the other guy quit 1220, then, then that's when he changed his name to Baph Trip, obviously Baph, short for Baphomet, and then he became an industrial composer under the name Chaos, which is X-A-O-S. And those performances were the ones that involved the police and the Humane Society. Um, He has released four albums under Chaos. Another fun fact about him, he is also a sci-fi writer. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, that, I thought he, that was interesting. Um, yeah, very interesting. Uh, one of his short stories called Chodpa was actually published by Black Static Publish- Publishing Company. I love and, Black Static. Oh, yeah. Well, it's published it. under Black Static. That's and cool. uh, this is a quote that is a description of the story A dark, unsettling meditation on alienation, blighted hope, and the uselessness of human consciousness Jesus. and insects. So uh, that makes me think of Naked Lunch. Yeah, I wonder. So I'm curious really curious. I actually, mm-hmm. I would totally, totally read it. But yeah, as I was doing my research on him, he's a profound like Satanist and like occultist and uh, was basically saying that like he can harvest energy into practicing magic. So he, uh, he didn't say anything like specifically like he can like make things move or anything like that. He's not Tom Cruise or no. anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, like, he believes, like, you know how, like, Satanists, like, they obviously believe in energy. Of course. Right? Obviously. So, he's not... Harnessing dark energy. Like, he's not, like, sacrificing animals type Satanist. Because there are those types. So then why was the animal rights involved? I'm assuming that's probably just for the show. Okay. I'm assuming that's probably, that was just, like, part of the performance, and then, like, cops got involved or whatever. But when I was watching this, like, YouTube video of him talking, he was just basically, like, because I read another interview with another, like, goth industrial magazine, and they wanted to interview Chaos about his new album and stuff like that, and they were asking him, like, why don't you have, like, a Twitter? Why don't you have a Facebook? Like, he just has, like, a shitty angel fire, like, GeoCities (gasps) website. Like, I I know, I know. And, like, he just doesn't agree with a lot of, like, the way society, obviously, like, projects itself with, like, social media and the internet. And he believes that people were not born to work nine to five, like, Monday to Friday jobs. Like, just to, like, pay your rent. Mm -hmm. And, like, humans were bred for, like, a greater purpose and everything so he's not like batshit crazy satanist because yeah. there are those few yeah. uh, black metal bands in norway that are just oh yeah like dumb dumb eating each other's <laughs> fucking brains and stuff yeah. And yeah. Fun, shooting each other in the faces and just yeah burning churches yeah and yeah at the same time he's more kind of like practical yeah. i guess like and just logical rational he well, seems very rational but does he Satanism, have a job, like though. like the satanic temple is different than your church of satan the satanic church is one thing. The temple, something different, kind of. So, mm. more practical. And yeah, like, he seems to be, like, I out of the video interviews I watched with him, like, he seems to be mentally stable yeah. and rational and just believes in individuality and, like, not being sheep and following like mm-hmm. what you're told to yeah, yeah. you know like a stuff like that like i would love i seriously like i would society. love to fucking meet him like i would love to fucking hang out with him yeah. did he, you say that you that you wanted okay to try so to i actually him? tried to email him <laughs> i was on his website and i don't know why my computer wasn't working I just, like, I have a MacBook Pro, and, like, you know when you hit the contact, and then a window opens, and it tells you, like, which application you want to use? And I tried to use Google, and it was like, there's already an account under this name, and it just wasn't working. And I was like, fuck, man. Because I actually kind of wanted to, like, email him and be like, hey, I have this podcast, and we're doing the gate, and I know you obviously, like, maybe don't relate to that part of your life anymore but would you be willing to like talk to us and i just like the email wasn't working so i just gave up but he did attend the mad monster party last year 
That's so she cool. did come. And I actually, I, I tried to find, because I know how people do like photo ops and stuff like that. I looked up hashtag of his <sighs> name and I found one, one photo. One photo of a fan that took with him. Shut one up. picture. I know. Yeah. It would be pretty sweet to meet him and hang out with him. He just seems like a very interesting person and also just the cutest character in like my favorite 80s horror movie yeah. like ever. I mean, I totally yeah. would, I would be love curious to hang to out meet with him. him. Yeah. And hear what he has to say. He must I don't he must come to like, Canada sometimes yeah. like yeah. I'm assuming his family still lives here yeah, and in shit. the area. He is he's so just, cute. He's so cute in this movie. Like, this is the perfect scene to be I on know, right like, now. I love he's it. So like, he's, cute. like, chanting the words or whatever to, like, close the gate of he's hell. Like, I fucking love his glasses and his he's, denim jacket. He's, like, jacket. a little, like, metal nerd. He <laughs> is. I love it. Like, those were, like, the my my people. Like, those were my friends, like, when I was a little shirt. kid. Oh, yeah, with, like, like, a fucking a skeleton. V and a skeleton on it. I know. Oh, I love it. He's adorable. I love him so much. <laughs> How old was Steven Dorf in this movie? He looks uh, very young. I know it was his first movie. I was going to say, he looks like eight years old in this fucking movie. He's a small, small kid. He was apparently 13. 13. Wow. This- he was just a little, little late bloomer. Yeah. Did you call them a little yeah. late bloomer? Because I was thinking, I was like, man, like, based on how old he looks in this movie, I was like, he can't be much older than I am, but... Because now he looks old and haggard, Yeah, he right? actually does. Did you just call him haggard? A little bit. Yeah. He's, he's looking a little yeah. old now. Have you seen his Wikipedia picture? Yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah. But you know what, though? Oh, my God. I had the biggest fucking crush on Stephen Dorff. Holy shit. Come on. He is so hot in Blade. Ooh. He is gorgeous in Blade. Yeah. I definitely had the biggest fucking crush on him Not in like, the late 90s. Not to mention sick movie. Fuck him, man. Fuck, fuck movie. And, um, Wesley motherfucking Snipes. Yeah. I love I love Blade. I love the first Blade. I actually, I, I like the second one They're too because the second fine. one is uh, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. I The third one was Ryan Reynolds and yeah, Jessica Biel. No. I think I shut it off. But Ryan Reynolds is okay to look him. at. He's yeah. Oh, he is just, he is he's fine. All right. No, he yeah. is good. He's a, he's a very attractive Canadian man. Yeah. Good. You go. And uh, Stephen Dorff's Glenn character was, we talked about this actually in the Near Dark episode, was offered to Joshua John Miller, mm-hmm. who was right. the little kid yeah. in so Near Dark. So I looked Dark. him up, and he hasn't done a lot. Joshua John Miller? Yeah. Well, he wrote The Final Girls with his, uh, I'm not sure if they're married, but his husband or boyfriend. They yeah. both wrote The Final Girls together. Okay. So I guess he's, and he wrote a novel too. Okay, I was talking about, because I was looking up, like, <clears throat> what he's acted in. Um, Just Near Dark. And a few other things. Not a heck of a lot. God, his character in Near Dark bothers me so much. I know. I watched Near Dark again recently. I don't like. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I can't. No, I can't do that. I literally cannot. Yeah, even like the name Homer. (laughs) The name Homer is like kind of weird too. Yeah. Oh, he was in River's Edge though. That's interesting. Yeah, he was also the. He was a little kid in River's Edge as well. Mm. Oh yeah, you uh, said he did. Oh, that's what you said. Final Girls. Yeah. Final Girl? No, Final Girls, the good one. Because I made the mistake of watching Final Girl. I heard it was bad, but day. I actually haven't seen it, and uh, it, so I'm not judging. Well, but it was okay. It's just I was like, I thought Yasmina said this movie was sick. Yeah, no, the Final Girls, the S. one where they actually go back to the mm-hmm. 80s. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with Adam from Workaholics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. That movie is fantastic. If you guys haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It was hilarious. The only I thing I didn't like it. about it was the fucking guy's mask. 
They could have made a better mask. It's like a tiki mask. Oh, I remember you saying Yeah, that. it's... Okay, I don't like it. I'm not a fan um, of it. So I was looking up Stephen Dorff, and again, I've just, like, been, like, drawn to all the corny shit that people have done. He's done some bad awesome. shit. Roseanne, married with children. I, I love Roseanne, and well, I just no, no, no. watched the episode the other day They're with great. him. They're, yeah, like, yeah. Married with children is great, too, and so is Blossom. Guys, he was Blossom. in yeah. Olympus Biscuit video. <laughs> Which We've one? talked about Limp Bizkit before. Um, I know. Because they're... I don't know. Right. Well, no, because Bill Paxton was in a Limp Bizkit video. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. So, Six Degrees of Separation up in here. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Actually, there's another interesting Bill Paxton uh, correlation here. So, the one girl who plays one of the twins, Kelly Rowan. Yes. Lori Lee. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, she was in the OC, I think. That yes. was really yeah, the yeah. one that I recognized her from. Well, the so, Outer Limits as well, though. Yeah. She was actually Bill Paxton's first wife. What? Yeah, so, but here's the weird thing that I'm like, because, like, I, I read a lot about Bill Paxton because I think he's the best in the world. But, so, they were married from 1979 to 1980. So, they were married for less than a year. Mm-hmm. But according to her Wikipedia, at that time, she would only be 15 years old. So I'm like, is Bill Paxton like? like but super- Wikipedia, you got to be careful when Wikipedia. Yeah, but yeah, like I, know. I read you some other stuff source. too, and I was like, but like, so if she was actually born in 1965, I think it said, then that would make her 14 years old when she was married to Bill Paxton. But at that time, I think he was only like 23 or 24. But still, that's um, really creepy. I don't care. That's disgusting. It's really creepy. Also, another weird thing about Bill Paxton that maybe makes me think that maybe he actually is like really creepy. Was that he met the lady that he was married to, like, when he died, when she was 17 and he was 28. That's creepy, right? That's gross. Mm-hmm. That's creepy. You're a man. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a child. creepy. So he was But creepy. they stayed together the whole time? Yeah. They were married for, until he died. Like, 30-something years. Yeah. But that's creepy. Okay. But I bet hmm. if you were 17 and Bill Paxton, 28 years old, came up to you, you'd be like, let's, let's Well, if I had this. But it's still creepy for him. If, if I had if you the were brain that, that I had mother. now, in my 17-year-old body... <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, okay, let's fucking do this. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Well, that's like Lewis Carroll, who wrote Alice in Wonderland, was mm-hmm. 30 years old when he wrote it and was in love with a woman named Alice. She was 11. Oh, Ooh. that's fucked up. Well, he was also <laughs> fucked on opiates, right? She was 11, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. he yeah. loved opiates. So, like, not a great guy. We he have a lot of opiates men in our and lives. children. Yeah, and yeah. babies. So the two Lee sisters, or are they sisters, or are they just friends? I, think, I thought they were twins. Oh, okay. In the movie. Well, there's Lori Lee and Linda Lee, yeah. and Kelly Rowan played Lori Lee, and yeah, she was in the OC, and she was in uh, Growing Pains. She was also Peter Pan's mom in Hook. Yeah, Hook. Yeah. Oh, and really? I saw that shit in theaters, the and I've seen Hook many, many times. She was also in. Candyman 2. I've actually never seen the sequel. Ooh, they made, yeah. There's three, I think, is isn't there? there? I don't know. I'm pretty probably. sure there's three. I'm not sure. There's probably even more. But this is interesting. I had no idea that there was a My Pet Monster live action movie. Yes, I remember that shit. I don't remember that at all. Like, I remember watching the cartoon, and this is fucked because I didn't realize that the cartoon is only one season. They only made one season of My Pet Monster. Isn't that weird? Time stretches on when you're a kid. Yeah, I guess. It felt like an eternity. It felt like, oh, by the way, I love this part. We're in the part where, like, the hand comes out from under the bed. And it's a big, gross, And, like, the the two hands that just, like, grab Elle's ankle. Like, I just, like, even, like, 
like the noises that it's making. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, I just love I love monsters. They I, look wish, I wish they were real. I seriously really wish that monsters were real. But yeah, the My Pet Monster live action movie came out in 1986 and it was a direct video special release before the cartoon. I gotta watch that shit, man. I watched, like, I saw pictures of it and I was like, this looks So you're fucked. telling me the cartoon was based on a movie? On the movie. A direct video movie. Mm. And, okay, so we're at the best part in the whole oh movie. Oh my god. Mom and when dad, he, you're uh, home, you're he home. thinks that it's his dad. He squeezes him. He hugs him and the dad's like choking him. And he starts like oozing shit out of his face. He's like choking him. His fucking like Ah Oh when he presses on his face and it's like milk coming out. I know it's fucking amazing. It's like that stuff when you're making cheese. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because like cheese water. (laughs) (laughs) When you're curdling milk into cheese. Shut up. Awesome. I wonder what they used for that. Yeah. It could have been cheese water. I'm telling you. And then his head flops off. Yeah. It's great. Well, the other Lee sister, uh, her name is Jennifer Irwin. And I actually, she's doing pretty good right now. She's done tons of cool Uh, stuff. She's in one of my favorite fucking TV shows that's on TV right now, The Goldbergs. Mm -hmm. Ah, I fucking ah. love that show. Any fan of the 80s will admire that show. Uh, She's also in Eastbound and Down. Uh, She's in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, She was in that movie Superstar with Will Ferrell and Molly Shannon. Oh, yeah. That's cool. And uh, she was also in Bad Teacher, but I haven't seen Bad Teacher. I haven't seen it. I heard it was funny, but I'm not big on Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz has got a funny face. She She used to be hot, though, before she looks like the Joker, the Nicholas, no, Jack Nicholson Joker. That's who she looks like. Did you see the Leonardo DiCaprio doing Jack Nicholson face? Yes! Oh my god, his eyebrows? Yeah. You guys haven't seen it? and frumpy now. You should look it up. Anybody who hasn't seen it, like Leonardo DiCaprio does, he did this interview in Japan or something, and he changes his face, and it's like distorted, and it looks exactly like Jack Nicholson. It looks like it's fake. It's so fucking absurd. Yeah, it's He's like, weird. actually, I do this, like, Jack Nicholson thing, and then he just, like, changes his whole eyebrows, and they go, like... He's like a doppelganger. <sighs> yeah, no, it's he looks just like fucking him. crazy. Yeah. Because he's got a mad dad bod. Oh. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, like, that bums me out. Like, he could be <laughs> so much Why better. Why don't you just embrace him for the man he is? Well, because maybe he just eats too many fucking cheeseburgers. <laughs> I fucking love cheeseburgers. Yeah, I do too. Don't make a comeback but I also like David the Hasselhoff. I love all of these little oh, guys. I love these little guys, the little minions. Babies. I fucking love them like so much. If any, if they are so sweet. If anybody of our listeners are like, I, I, any of our listeners are huge fans of the minions from the gate, I highly recommend buying the pin from Psychedelic Company. So just look up Psychedelic Company. They have a gate minion uh. pin, and I love it. It's like my favorite fucking pin. Like the second that it went on sale, I bought it immediately. Ugh. I didn't even think. I was like, just take my money. Is it a head or full body? It's a full body. No. Yeah, it's adorable. I love it. They it's are pretty fucking so cute. fucking cute. Yeah, they are awesome. Like, I kind of just want someone to make a, not a full-size one, but like a full-size, a full-size one would, would be, be all like, right. maybe a couple feet. Yeah. Whatever. Little action figure. Like, I would, ugh, I would die if somebody They're just adorable. made that. That would the be The little so face when he, like, when they open up the kitchen, like, curtain and, like, he's, like, looking in the window. Yeah, I know. And he's, he's like, so all detailed. Cute. so cute. They Their little really, pointy really tails. They sweet. Uh, we get the second you've been bad here, I think. Yeah, oh yeah, so the dad is calling just to reiterate that they've been bad. Landline. <laughs> <laughs> I love how there's like an echo 
on it. Yeah, I know. That's fucking amazing. Also, I just want to mention that Jennifer Irwin, who is Linda Lee in this movie, also was in a movie with Steven Seagal and DMX. Whoa. What is that movie called? It's called Exit Wounds. Oh, yeah, I remember Exit Wounds. I I think I remember the cover. Yes. She DMX and his, it. like, 30 wives? Yeah. And or all was of... it 30 children? I can't no, it's, remember. No, I think it's 30 children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, DMX and I were homies, you know. He was on um, Celebrity Rehab. Yeah, poor guy. Pardon? Drugs. They're bad. <laughs> yeah, the drugs did him. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you gotta do that many drugs when you have that much fucking child support to pay. Seriously. I thought you were gonna say money. No. Maybe he should just learn to spill it on the tummy. <laughs> That's true. Oh, Very true. He's like, on. crack, crack, I need crack so I don't have to sp- <laughs> pay child support for 30 children that I have. Like, it literally is that many kids. Yeah, it's like absurd yeah, how many no, no, kids it's, DMX it's, has. It's silliness. <laughs> I didn't know about this. You guys yeah, are dude, blowing fucking my mind look right that now. shit yeah. up. You guys are blowing my mind. We yeah. do nothing but just research fucking But like I love DMX. Anything. I, I think just, he's cool. He rides around in the four-wheelers. X gon' give it to you. Gon' give it to you. Yeah. Yeah. give it to you. Megan, did you ever hear the song that I did with DMX? Yes, I you did. did hear it. Yes, okay, I did. Yep, 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 yep. That's fun. Did you ever actually meet him? No. No, no she just, just went and recorded her yeah. fire. Because that was recently. That would have been fucking cool. Yeah, that was like last year. They never, yeah. they haven't released it yet. Weird. It's funny because Siegfried and I were actually kind of joking about it and we were like, yeah, they're probably waiting for him to die and then they're going to release this make fucking album. Of, well, make it's a, a good song though. It's, it is a good song, yeah. Maybe y'all will be able to hear it one day. Yeah. It's <laughs> waiting for him to die. Maybe we going to tear shit up. What? Tear shit up. What? Tear shit up. Let's go. <laughs> it's very DMX. Okay, so we're at the part where Terry uh, falls into the hole, and uh, and he's all stepping the on him. Tiny minions oh. are attacking him. When he steps on him and he freaks out. <laughs> oh my god, that's bombs. so fucking cute. I love it. Oh, is he okay? Yeah. <laughs> is he okay? He stepped on him. He's fucking him up. I was saying to Yaz that it reminds me of that scene, Morgan, in Army of Darkness, where there's all these little Bruce Campbells trying to hold yeah, like big yeah, Bruce yeah. Campbell down. Yeah, it's very similar for sure. And it also kind of reminds me of like where he's climbing up. Do you guys remember the big tree in Ernest Scared Stupid? Uh, I've it was like this big bulbous. It kind of liked all like the. um, I know it's not a tree that he's climbing out of, but I definitely know Ernest goes to jail a lot Mm. more than Ernest Scared Stupid because I had it. Uh, taped on a VHS and I used to watch it a lot and I thought it was very odd that he was weirdly attractive when he was Ernest! the evil. I know! Of all the people yeah! I've ever said really? I, I cannot like, agree with what, that. And like seriously, I, I thought yeah, you know. I held it in I... my whole life and then how did this get made? Did Ernest Goes to Jail and the women on that show totally fucking agreed. They were, they were like, like they, he was like kind of like good looking when he was like the evil the Ernest. Ernest. And I was like Oh my god, somebody else like they feels agree. the same way. I can come out and admit it now. Yeah. I, I had weird crushes when I was a kid. That's like, one that I would have never like expected. No, though. I know, because he's gross, but when he's the evil Ernest, like the twin guy, like I remember he, he was it. like strangely good looking. Like I was like, like when he's a weird. lady with the neck braids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pearls and the moon. <laughs> Yeah, definitely fuck? hot stuff. Holy shit. That's so funny. Well, one more thing about Stephen Dorff. He is in 
the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie coming out soon right. in a few months, right. uh, Leatherface, right, 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 right. and the last couple. Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies I watched and was like meh whatever but this one actually looks pretty cool yeah I watched the trailer and it, it's like the the red band trailer and I saw yeah there was a lot of gore mm-hmm. in it and I like that he's now coming back to horror Steven Dorff actually has like some interesting information about his family and stuff I don't know how deep you got this. I didn't get I feel that like deep on him I, I got, got more deep on Lewis I was like spent a whole day Guys. I got fucking deep. Nice. So, Steven Dorff actually does <laughs> nice. come from, like, a Hollywood-type family. His mother is named Nancy, his dad is named Steve, and Steve is a composer and music producer. His brother, actually, is named Andrew, and he was a country music songwriter who wrote songs for, like, Blake Sheldon, Rascal Flatts, Kenny no Chesney, way. like, oh, the big, motherfucking, like, big, big guys. Yeah. Unfortunately, he actually died last year, and it was really kind of weird circumstances. I watched the CNN interview that he did about his brother after he had passed away in December, and apparently he was, like, somewhere, I don't know, in Europe, and he was, like, partying. I mean, obviously, he's, like, a songwriter for, like, huge, huge country stars, so he's got Mm -hmm. tons of money. He was partying in a jacuzzi with, like, a bunch of people, and everybody was, like, kind of carrying on, having a good time, and all of a sudden, they looked over, and he was, like, dead like floating in the water whoa and it the interview was really super awkward because it was almost like he didn't want to reveal more information than what was going on but it just seemed really really strange it was like drugs. they were all like that's what i, I hate to say yeah. drugs like, no, I, that's what and I it could say. it probably could have been that for jacuzzi, sure jacuzzi your heart rates up the heat yeah. in the water with the drugs exactly the but like honestly it's like they were like hanging out partying this close and then all of a sudden like he just is floating in the water super, I would have super oh my God. weird i would just hate to have super been there. horrifying yeah. Um, and yeah, that just happened. Um, but his dad actually also was a country songwriter, and he wrote for Kenny Rogers. Nice. For Lee Greenwood, for Anne Murray. And get this, the best part is he wrote the Growing Pains theme song. Whoa. As long as we got each other. And, dad. and both those girls in the gate, the, the sisters or whatever, are in Growing Pains. Yeah, isn't that so strange? Yeah. yeah. What a strange, strange circumstance. I don't really have anything else about Steven Dorf other than the first acting jobs that he did were in craft commercials and Mattel commercials before he actually did <laughs> The Gate. The Gate. Yeah. It was um, like his first like leading role. Yeah. And that he was in a Limp Bizkit video. Yeah. yeah. And apparently he's diagnosed with emphysema recently. Yeah, I know. I did see that. But and he, he loves still cigarettes. smokes. And he still smokes. I know. What a loser. Like he just doesn't Sorry. care. Like he's like whatever. I just still smoke. I don't care. What are you gonna... Here's the thing about emphysema. It doesn't go away. No, you can't. You can't cure <laughs> but emphysema. Like, I'm assuming so. it will be exacerbated if you still smoke, yeah. though, right? If I you're, kind of agree with If them. you enjoy, yeah, like, drowning it. in your own fluids, great. Have a good time, Stephen Dorff. Yeah, that's too bad. He was he was a huge yeah. babe in the fucking 90s. Oh, my God. He was so hot. What was his name in Blade? Deacon like- Frost. Deacon Frost. He was in some fucking terrible movies too, guys. Let's just like fear.com. Let's let's talk about that. I remember watching internet horror movies. Mm -mm. Do you remember that movie fear.com, Megan? Is that the cover is like a blue face or something? It's like kind of like it's a kind of sketchy looking. Yeah. yeah. Um. He was in that Immortals movie that I went to see that was like kind of not good. Yeah. Uh, Judgment Night. Yeah, with Emilio Estevez. Yeah, my boyfriend. 
Um, also, he was in the Britney Spears Every Time video. If you I didn't know that. that. And he was in the Aerosmith video yes, for he was. Brian. And I totally thought he was so hot in that fucking video, yeah, too. Right. But he was a dick because he cheated on her. So fuck him. Fuck <laughs> him. <laughs> yep. And then she was like, fuck you at the end of the video. Spooky, spooky things oh. happening. Yeah, so we're at the scene where the workman zombie guy comes out of the wall and some pretty interesting things about this guy. The workman in the walls, his name is Carl Cranes, and he also, this is kind of cool, but in the gate too, at the end of the movie, Terry transforms into like a creature monster and he plays him as the, the transformed version of Terry That's in the cool. gate too. And there's an there's a slasher flick from nineteen eighty two that I haven't watched yet, but it's called The Slayer. And he plays the Slayer. Oh, that's in that neat. Movie. So he's Popcorn done some Nomicon stuff. have it. Cool. On their website. So, so I haven't watched it yet. But I've seen like the guy's like mask and it looks pretty hellish. So Carl Cranes actually is now a drama teacher at Maria Carrillo High School. Oh. Apparently in Santa Rosa. And also, he actually played an integral role in kind of helping to coach the kids in the movie that had never really... Yeah, because he's a drama teacher. Oh, okay. And I think he had done that for a long time, so he actually was sort of tasked with helping to give advice to the kids who had never acted before and was really helpful that way in wrangling them and also telling them what looks good on camera. So that's really cool. That's cool. And also terrifying. Oh my god, this is like the scariest part of the movie. Yeah, when he like... Burst out of the glass there, the mirror. Ooh. It reminds me a lot of House. Yeah, for sure. It definitely has a House feeling, definitely. Yeah, this guy. Well, something kind of cool. I know, and then he, like, falls to the ground and then turns into all those minions. If I was in this situation, like, yeah, okay, like, these creatures are trying to kill me, so, so, like, we'll have to, you know, try to escape, but I would also still try to keep one as a pet. Like, I would totally be like, I just want to be friends with you. Yeah, like, you everywhere. Like, when you put a string on a bee and put it in the freezer. Well, he kind of does that in part two. Oh, see, I've never seen part two. What?! Oh my god. Okay, it's obviously not as good as the first one. Because I read I a lot about it. Love it. I love it. Okay, I still love okay. it. It's it's by Tibor as well, and also written by Michael Nankin. Yeah, so yeah, it's I like read the same that. people wrote it and directed it. Um, it's also starring Lewis Tripp. There's also the main female lead is uh, Pamela Adlon, who is the girl in Californication. Oh, no um, Who's yeah. married to the bald guy, who is also the voice of Bobby Hill in King of the Isn't Hill. Isn't that so weird? I know, oh, and I've been rewatching King of the Hill. Lately, <laughs> and it's crazy. She like when when I hear Bobby Hill talking, I'm just like I can actually picture it because she does kind of sound like him. Oh, and she's also in Louis C.K.'s show. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, that That's show. Cool. I've only seen the first season, but it's pretty funny. But The Gate 2, I have, like, a mini poster of it. I found it at, like, a horror convention in Hamilton a couple years ago, and I was pretty excited for it because it was only, like, fucking $5. But it's called, like, Gate 2 Trespassers, and it came out in 1990, and it has a, a budget of $6.5 million, um, but the box office was only $2 million, so they did not do well in the box office at all. Yeah. And IMDb has a 4.7, and uh, there are, there is no score on Rotten 
Tomatoes, but I'm still I'm still a fan of the second one. Like, okay, so like Lewis Tripp, like Terry, he's a bit older and he uh, wants to go to the gate again to close it indefinitely. But then these teenagers like interrupt and then they're like, sweet, like fucking doing like some satanic ritual. Let's join in. And so he actually conjures like one of the little minions and they keep him as a pet because they realize that they can make wishes out of him. Oh, sweet. But whatever they wish for inevitably turns to actual shit. <laughs> <laughs> like poo-poo. Oh, I was like, like monkey's paw. No, no like, 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 like poo, like, like shit. Like they shit. wish for a car and like the next day the car turns into shit. Like they, there's like a pile of money, the next day the pile of money Who turns into shit. With this? Fabulous people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I still like The Gate 2 a lot and we actually have a friend her name is Tanya. Her fucking uncle was in the gate too. Oh right! Come on. Oh my god! I know. I, totally I was like actually waiting to bring this up. Oh, I fucking totally forgot about. I know. That. Okay, so I actually I messaged Tanya the other day. Oh good. And I'm so I glad was like, it's funny that. because I'm moving again. And I'm moving, like, literally down the street from Tanya. And I messaged her the other day, and I was like, hey, can you tell me the story about your uncle in the gate, too? And she was just like, basically all my dad told me was that early on in his acting career, he did a couple movies. One was a porn. Oh! um, Where he dressed up like an adult baby. (laughs) No, 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 no. And the other gig was the gate too. So he was one of the creatures in a rubber suit. And her dad said that he complained that it was too hot in the rubber suit. And she also mentioned that her uncle is queer. Yes. She just had to put that in there. She's like, my queer uncle. The gatekeeper. I remember hearing about him. I know. I was like, oh my God, I totally forgot that Tanya's uncle was in the gate too. I got to get like the whole story. So she was like, some of it was filmed in Canada. I know like some of it was filmed in America as well. But she was like, it didn't pay well because the box office like flopped right like because they only made two million dollars at the box office but he had a little part and it was a gig and he apparently is still embarrassed about it if i ever meet him I'm oh obviously gosh. gonna fucking yeah. like grill him on like, that. Like he was one of the guys. <laughs> yeah, the he suit. was like one of the guys in the suit. Yeah. And another fun fact was I was uh, recently at Fan Expo, which is like the Toronto Comic Con here, and I ran into the guys who run Black Fawn Distribution. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they are the ones who released Bite and like those anti-social movies. And I was talking to one of the guys on Facebook. Um, he saw that my cover photo was the gate poster mm-hmm. that was actually the poster that the Alamo Draft House, uh, when they played The Gate, the poster was by the artist like Phantom City Creative, which is actually this picture on the back of my MacBook. Oh, yeah. Um, Wonder, a fucking wonderful piece of art. And so Gabriel, one of the guys who works for (laughs) Black Fawn, was like, oh, I saw that your Facebook, like, header picture is the gate. Um, (laughs) He fucking said that his uncle did the special effects on on the gate. And I was like, what? What a small world. I know, because it's like, it was filmed. Like, it was filmed around here. And, like, we're friends with all these people in, like, the horror community. So it's, like, not surprising, but hilarious at the same time. Yeah, so his uh, uncle's name is Frank Career, and he did the special effects what? for Videodrome. His uncle is Frank Career. Yeah. We talked about him before as well. Uncle Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. And he was like, oh yeah, my uh, my uncle did the fucking, he, he like sent me a picture of them with Tibor 
That uh, Tabor is or whatever. so cool. I know. I was like, that is such a coincidence because we're recording. For as well? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. That's fucking I know. Absurd. I was like, that is such a weird coincidence because we're fucking recording our gate episode in a couple days. We've talked about I know. that guy before as well. That I know. That is so cool. Yeah, so fucking ridiculous. But fucking he was strange. also very adamant that I need to spend the $50 on the Blu-ray. That apparently that the that transfer good. is so good. incredible. Yeah. And the special features are awesome. So I will buy oh, it for sure. Like so yeah, this is the part where the giant minion appears. I and love I him. like his little like T-Rex arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his four eyes. Oh, he's cute. Yeah, he he's cute. awesome. I love... See, this kind of claymation stuff, like, also makes me think of, like, Clash of the Titans. Fucking right. Like, Beastmaster. Beastmaster. I know. Like, I love this kind of claymation oh, stuff. Oh, it looks so good. Yeah. It's fantastic. I know. This is, like, some Harryhausen, classic Harryhausen monster shit. Mm-hmm. Well, I also wanted to bring oh, up the music so editor cute. for The Gate. His name is Carl Zittrer, and he's actually going to be a guest at Horrorama this year. That's cool. Yeah, so Horrorama um, happens every year in uh, Toronto, and I believe it's the first weekend of November this year, and Frank Henenlotter is going to be there. Oh, really? The director of Basket Case. That's so cool. I'm That's pretty sweet. fucking excited about that. I want to meet him, and I definitely want to meet Carl to talk about the gate. And earlier, uh, we were talking about um, Stephen Dorff being the lead in the new Leatherface movie. Well, speaking of Leatherface, uh, quite unfortunate that we also lost Toby oh, Hooper. Yeah. yeah. Like, funny. right after George Romero. Yeah. Like, two legends. Super sad. And I'm so happy that we, all three of us, have tickets to actually go see John Carpenter, because I feel like he's probably going to be the next one to go. You like, knock on this fucking table right now after saying that, because it was <laughs> Dude, like, but not, I saw in a year Wes Craven like I know come yeah. on I saw John man. Carpenter like at Fan Expo like three years ago and already he's like people who've made like consecutive horror movies I know that's sad like we're left with we need, so we need few. more legacy we yeah. need more legacy well there's obviously a lot of uh really really good independent movie makers oh, absolutely. these days absolutely. that I feel are like uh got their foot out yeah. there and uh, will proceed to do better things. Like, It Follows still blows me away. Yeah. Like, I still am very impressed by that movie. But it's true, though, that, like, yeah, we're at a stage right now where everything is, like, CGI. But I do appreciate when horror movies, like, actually go back and use practical effects. But, like, the whole uh, genre of horror movies, like, from the 80s, like, uh, is, I believe, the best decade of horror, horror. Absolutely. Um, so obviously, like, there's, like, the legends, and we lost Wes, we lost Toby and George Romero, but Toby Hooper, want to take a second here to talk about his films. I, out of all of the horror movie legends, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is never been one of my favorites. No, I can of, agree like, with that as well. The categories. Totally I, but mm. I totally will admit that it's a very incredible, like, it's it's an incredible movie. It is. It set the boundaries for a lot of filmmakers these days. It's very influential. I mean, with what he had with the budget that he worked with, like, for the first Texas Chainsaw it's, Massacre. It's disgusting. It, it's It's actually crazy. incredible. It is an incredible mm. movie. I respect it. But out of, like, uh, the horror movie killers, I was just always more partial to Jason and Freddy and Michael Myers and Pinhead. Yeah. Um, I never just, I, I don't know, I just, like, never really 
cared, I guess, that much for Leatherface, but I appreciate Texas Chainsaw Massacre for everything that it's worth. It's a it's a masterpiece. Um, I think but, the title itself. I know. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw well, it's like, Massacre? Is it based on a game? Best? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, slightly. Yeah, but very lightly. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the same idea. With that being said, though, I actually dig the second one a lot. Yeah, I love I love Dennis Hopper. Yeah. I love the second one. It's so fun. It's just fun. Uh, um, but yeah, I always forget that Toby Hooper directed Salem's Lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always forget that he directed That's Salem's Lot. That's a good one. Poltergeist. Poltergeist. That Poltergeist was legendary. Was my best. Oh, fuck. I was going to yeah, say, man. like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was never really, like, high on my radar, although obviously it is a super influential and did set the bar. I think Poltergeist is definitely number one. Oh, Poltergeist for sure. I, for me, I will never get sick of I mean, watching Poltergeist. No, never. Ever. Never. But mm-hmm. what gets me about Poltergeist is the way that he got, like, the family dynamic down so yeah. well. It's like watching the family interact is such a believable I know. story. I don't know. Texas Chainsaw, I agree with you. I was always like, eh. But contrary to the way you guys feel, mm. the remake with, was it Jessica Biel who's in the remake? Who's yeah. that broad? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. That I, movie I saw in the theaters, I literally went home crying. Like crying to my mother. I mean, I'm younger than you. I saw it in the theater, so I, I was... did see. I think I did see it in the theater as well. I, we saw it together. Yeah, we did. I didn't of like it. I cried. I went home and fucking cried. Like again, out of anger? Or no, like I was fear. I was scared. Oh, okay. But I was 15. Yeah, mm. I didn't. I didn't I was like it at all. Horrified. But I watched. But I, don't like I, I do real like life shit. I think though, the third he's one. not a monster. He's real. He's a real person. I can't watch real life shit. I can't do it, man. Uh, I also like the third one. It is a little cheesy. It's got Vigo. Mortenstein, whatever the fuck is that? Mortensen? Yeah. Isn't Mortensen? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the fourth one has uh, Renee Zellweger. Zellweger. Oh, and Matthew McConaughey. No way. I know, but like, I, I don't think, I don't know Matthew how much Tony has he's to do right. with those ones. He's yeah, all right. he's all right. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. But I uh, recently watched Life Force again. I and watched like, Life Force oh, too, recently. Life Force is awesome. It's fucking The part absurd. with like, when the blood is, is like pouring, pouring out, out of Patrick, Patrick Stewart's face, face and his like eyes and his mouth and shit, like that movie and is fantastic. And it's reconstituting the girl, like in the like. It's, it's fantastic. Crazy. That is a great fucking and sci-fi. The movie. zombie like shit, like when they're sucking it's like the so life much force like out of them. Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, it's that, exactly the one, like it. especially the one the the guy. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. Yeah, and the effects are amazing. Yeah, they're incredible. So good. I know you guys. I haven't seen Invaders from Mars, I know. but I love it. Uh, it's actually a remake, but Toby Hooper did the remake from the 80s, and it's great. I just love the way the aliens look. They're so adorable. I've only seen Funhouse once. Me too. I, I, yeah, I don't yeah. really remember it, but I do remember like the disfigured character. I don't think I've seen Funhouse, but I've seen Clown House. Oh, yes, you have. <laughs> Uh, I see. I haven't seen Clown House. It's terrible. I haven't seen it, but I know all about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he also did the. See, I love body bags. I love anthologies, yeah, and he did the good. the eye, the one with Mark Hamill. Oh, no so sure. the one with Mark Hamill, he basically gets in a car in, a, in an accident, and then he gets an eye replacement. But the eye belongs to a serial killer, and then he starts to see visions, and then he starts to like want to kill his wife, mm. which is the Simpsons. Uh, yeah, the uh, hair. when the Simpsons did the hair of Snake's hair, um, he also did the Mangler uh, with Robert Englund. Uh, I have it on VHS. It's a pretty good movie. I've never seen the second one. Um, but another one that I've actually never, never knew that Toby Hooper did that I've never seen is Night Terrors. Oh. I guarantee 
if you guys saw the cover, you would know Night Terror is judging by the cover because it has like a face with like snakes coming out <gasps> of a mouth and eyes. I can already like oh never mind you know what i'm thinking of i'm thinking of the cover of jason goes to hell there's like oh yeah oh yeah it's like a weird caterpillar yeah yeah worm thing but the night terrors cover oh totally yeah i've always always seen that cover and i just never watched the movie and then after he died after toby died i did some research and i was like oh shit i had no idea that he did this movie and robert england is it's it's actually like the the premise sounds really cool like it's about this girl who gets stuck in this this cult kind of like kidnap her and she gets mm-hmm. like stuck into this cult and she can't leave and Robert Englund is the cult leader. Oh. So I'd love to watch it. That I have never cool. seen it, but one of my favorite anthologies, non-horror, uh, science fiction, is Perversions of Science. Oh. I've talked about Perversions of yes, Science indeed. before on the podcast, and I love that show, and Toby Hooper did direct one episode. That's cool. Um, but yeah, he was 74, and he died of natural causes, I think. I don't know. Have they released When they say natural causes, that's always suspicious to me, but to me that's like heart attack or like stroke. Like, But then why don't you just say heart attack or stroke? Exactly. Well, I think like the day of they said natural causes, so it could be updated by now, but he did fantastic movies and Poltergeist is like up there for me. Poltergeist and Life Force are like way up there for me. I love those two movies. Salem's Lot's good too. Because you like the book more. Yeah, I like the book. And the remake with Rob Lowe. <laughs> oh, which we haven't seen yet. I haven't seen it we yet. We need but to you, watch. Weren't you saying that the remake with Rob Lowe is like more accurate to the yeah. book? Yeah, yeah. And Rob Lowe's in it. So. And well, Rob yeah, Lowe. Also, a weird fact is um, Toby Hooper actually directed the Billy Idol Dancing with Myself video. Did oh, you know that? Oh, oh, no, mm. I did not know that. Sweat. Sweat! 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 Alright, cool. I'm done. That's awesome. Yeah. So, since this movie is very symbolic in regards to, like, kids being the main characters, fighting against, like, an evil entity, I thought of some other movies to bring up that were kind of in the same realm as, like, Kids versus Monsters, mm-hmm. and automatically, first fucking movie that comes to mind is Monster Squad. Obviously. Like, yeah. obviously. Totally. Um... I thought of Goonies. Oh, yeah. Even though it's not a horror it's movie, really... but it's still, like, it's an 80s movie that I grew up with, and it's, yeah. like, little it's kids totally... have no, but... to, like... Kids in a predicament with, like, They could have been murdered. Like, bad Yeah, people. for yeah. sure, for sure. And I also thought of E.T., because E.T.'s kind E.T.'s of a monster. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of is, but he's, like... He's a monster. He's, like, a pilot. Yeah, he's, but like, again, a cute little But, again, there's still kids who, like, save the day. Yeah. I stand by me. Yeah, Stand By Me, I thought mm-hmm. of, and It, it obviously. Of Stranger yeah. Things, obviously. Yeah. The Willies? Uh, the Willies, The yes, Willies, yeah. yeah. It was tough, because a lot of them were, like, teenagers, and I didn't want to go teenagers. I think that still counts. Yeah. But I mean, like, older teenager stuff. Like, yeah. Like, I was, like, Lost Boys. But, yeah. Like, they're and I thought of Lost Boys, too, yes. but then I thought that, I was like, teenagers, but they still, like, in the situation where, like, the parents don't believe you, yeah. and, you know, and, like, yeah. they're trying That's, like, so Fright hard. Night. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah like, that is true. That's like Fright Night. Fright yeah. Night's in that as well. Um, Troll, the first Troll, not the shitty second one. I don't remember the first Troll, man. I gotta it's, watch it again. It's kids. I know you love it. I know, it is a good movie. You should watch it. 
Well, I also composed a list of like small creature movies uh, since we're watching The Gate and uh, those little tiny creatures are just so adorable. So They're so cute. Oh, I actually like really want to get a tattoo of The Gate. You should. And I had a consultation to get it from Paul Acker, but like my finances kind of like took a turn and I just couldn't afford it anymore. But eventually I will get a tattoo of The Gate. But other small creature movies, obviously the first one everybody fucking thinks of is Gremlins. Crit- oh, I was going to say Critters. Oh, okay. I was going to say Gremlins. Gremlins, yeah. Gremlins is more like obviously like uh, commercialized. I know Megan loves Gizmo. I side with the Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Gremlins, but definitely Critters. Yeah, Critters. Is I on uh, there. recently tried to watch Critters in, in space. space. I couldn't finish it. Oh. I couldn't do it. I was like, yeah, I can't. That I can't sucks. do it. Just, but one, two, and three, I still love though. Yeah. Like the third mm-hmm. one is the one with Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. I still like the first one. I still like the second one. And what's the one with Leo? Leo, Leo. Yeah, yeah. the third one. Like Dad, Leo. DiCaprio. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Leo. Oh, fucking like Leo from Twin Peaks. From Twin Peaks. Oh. Uh, I think it, it is the fourth one. Yeah. Oh my God, I was watching the fourth one and I, because me and Megan were like literally just talking about Leo and Twin Peaks. And then that night I started watching Critters in Space, like That's Critters 4 in Space. And I was like, dude, Leo's in this one. And she's like, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. And I'm like, no. Like, Leo from Twin Peaks. What? Like, that's such a weird coincidence. <laughs> I know. I, me and, I think me and Morgan, like, didn't we try to watch Hobgoblins? Yeah, we did. And I think we turned it off. Yeah. It was okay. No, no, no. It it's, like, re- it's really bad. It's bad. It it's was re- okay, no. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember we did, we did try to watch it, and maybe something else was going on and we just weren't paying attention, but recently I did... Put it on just to like kind of like refresh my memory because I was like I could have swore that we tried to watch this movie and there's like a scene where they're driving like a golf cart and I'm like this is just I don't even remember the dude. worst shit ever like they even look like the gremlins like they tried too hard yeah it's awful I don't remember how they tried like I barely remember I have it on VHS but it's Way all hard. fucked up Obviously, like, one of my favorites is Ghoulies. Yep, Ghoulies. I do love Totally Ghoulies. Ghoulies. Who oh, my didn't, God. Who didn't think that was the funniest shit ever I know. I pretty much every fucking child in the 80s was afraid to take a shit. Yeah, after because of the fucking Ghoulies. Yeah, like, um, I love the first one. Like, I actually, I like the third one better than the second one, and a lot of people would disagree with that, but the second one it has, like, a carnival setting, and I don't like that kind of stuff, like carnivals mm-hmm. and shit and fun houses and stuff Fuck like that. Fuck fun. <laughs> but the third one is like they go to college and it's so bad. Ah, it's like, it's awesome. I fucking love awesome. it. But I still haven't seen the fourth Ghoulies and that's the one that has that weird like vinyl latex sexy lady on the cover. I still haven't I don't seen even it. know that cover. Oh, dude, I have seen it and I haven't watched the movie yet, but I'm sure it's awful. Oof. But uh, obviously Basket Case. Yeah. Yeah, I guess he's little. He's, he's small. He's little. Yeah, he's little. Yeah, and we, right. got, we were very fortunate enough to hang out with Kevin Van Hanten, right? So yeah, sweet. he was so Such lovely. A sweet man. What a lovely Fuck, I love guy. that guy. Honestly. I love him so much. He was much. so happy. He was so, He lit so up nice. a room. Like, yeah, like he was so, so, like he came up to us. I was like, I hear you guys are fans. You want to hang out? And he just sat down with us. Well, when I was at when I was at Fan Expo last weekend, I was talking to the guys at Suspect Video who run Horrorama, and Frank Henenlotter is going to be at Horrorama. And I was like, you guys should fucking try to get Kevin to come down. But I guess they did try, but he has other things planned. Like he just Good like for him, can't. he's busy. I was like, oh, making but, money. Like, what like fucking like sculpting rocks and in, in the forest? He's yeah. busy, <laughs> Yasmina. 
take a day off of sculpting rocks in the in the appease woods us. and come to appease Toronto and us. hang out with us again, Kevin. But I guess if we're talking little creatures, brain damage. Oh, the little like the little brain that attached to him. Oh yeah, that thing was yeah yeah. Well, I just remember the, the blowjob. Yeah. Scene. <laughs> Hooker. I'll never forget that. What I about know. um? What about munchies? Uh, see, There's, like, I have in that munchies, too. yeah. We haven't and watched I haven't it yet. Seen it. But there is technically like there's like two munchies movies, and the first one is the one that's like more family oriented, mm. but the second one is like not. It's like more horror. But I have the first one, and I haven't watched it yet. But I have seen a, a a clip of it on YouTube, and it's fucked. Like there's like the little munchie like crawls into the, like the teenage girl's bed and her like sheets. And she's, like, starting to get, like, aroused. And oh. I was like, oh, what the fuck is going on here? That's but creepy. I'll have to watch that. But another one that I enjoy is uh, L- Little Creature is uh, Tales from the Dark Side. The oh, episode Inside yeah. the Closet. He's got, like, those big, like, bleeding red eyes. And I also have uh, Cat's Eye, the Stephen King's yeah, Cat's Eye yeah. with Drew Barrymore. That little troll is adorable. That little troll is so cute. Yeah, he's pretty fucking cute. He's so, he's like a jester. I know. Like yeah, yeah. Troll, like his like hat weird, jingles yeah, when he's yeah, like walking around yeah, her room and he like yeah. sucks her soul out of her mouth. Oh my god. I recently watched uh, Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama. It's a very yeah, hard <laughs> That's a long there. fucking title. So Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama nice. has Linnea Quigley in it, and there's cool. a little like monster guy in it. And I want okay, so I when I was at Fan Expo, I stopped at the Arrow Video booth and I bought three Blu-rays, and that was one of them. And I'd always heard of it, but I'd never seen it. And then I watched it that night, and I enjoyed the movie, but there was like a couple things that I didn't like about it. Like for example, uh, one of the characters in the movie all of a sudden turns into Bride of Frankenstein and starts like murdering people, but she's like wearing like the Bride of Frankenstein like what? outfit and wig and everything. That's weird. That part was like kind of weird, but. The little guy in it, like the monster, I don't know why they decided to do this, but he has like, he like sounds like Shaft. Ah, Like he talks. He doesn't like, like you would think that like a monster would like just like grumble and like be like, but he talks like in a human voice, but he like sounds like Shaft. (laughs) And I was... I was like, I was not expecting He's that like, voice hey, babe, to come out. That's a weird I was choice. not expecting that voice That's to come out of the little monster, but that was a, an interesting uh, turn. But I also bought Creepazoids, which was by the same director, and Sorority Babes was better, I think, than Creepazoids. Yeah, well, I was over yesterday, and I watched a little bit of Creepazoids. And, yeah, like, Sorority the, the, Babes is way better. The monster was kind of shoddy. Yeah. It was all right. Um, yeah. Also, one more to add to the small creatures was elves, if you recall. Oh, we yeah, we did. Elves. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He looks like the fucking guy in uh, X-Files. Yeah. Yeah. So, but there was only, I mean, it's elves, plural. There was only one elf in the fucking movie. Yeah, I know. Oh, that was a big, that was a big critique. That was a yeah. big yes. point of disappointment. It was. With that grizzly Adams. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Gable! <laughs> yes, I just, I my cat because I got super excited about Grizzly Adams. Oh, man. That's funny. Yeah. Well, there's another one on my list that I haven't seen yet, but Beasties is one that I haven't seen, oh, but that's on my radar. Beasties has, has uh, little creatures, I believe, in it, and I have not seen it, but I've Let's heard of it. Look like. Oh, Fuck. they are That cute. looks like Krang. Yeah, I know. Looks like Krang. But it looks like a mixture of Krang and, and brain, brain damage. damage. He's yeah, so cute. you're right. He's like smiling. Just He's like, like a frog. I know. So that that's one <gasps> of the happy. movies that's on my list that I just haven't seen yet. He's that adorable. involves like. But a I guess creature. then you could even say like, if we're going into the nineties, like would. 
puppet master? Maybe? Yeah. They're small creatures. I mean, they're yeah. Little, you know, to be honest, <laughs> I kind of just blocked the puppet master <laughs> out so of my brain. Terrible. And, We've you know, I think this. everyone obviously will agree that in a series of movies, the first one is always the best one. I think I'm going to rewatch the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's got to be the better one out of all of them. Yeah, it has so. to be. Does that yeah. mean that Chucky is also, like, a small creature, technically? I guess he's a doll. He's kind of big. Yeah, there's well, a new yeah. there's a new Chucky coming out. I've heard. Cult you know what? I just don't know about it at this point. Yeah, now he's just uh, all like one line. Well, I tried to like, watch Seed of Chucky, and no, I just don't. couldn't. I couldn't. The kid is ridiculous. I couldn't do it. I shut it I off. I love the bride. I love oh, Chucky. Bride of, bride of Chucky is nostalgic kid. though, because we all oh, saw it in theaters. The I just yeah no I don't know I just like don't understand why they just didn't just kick him. He's a doll. Just kick him. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense that, like, two dolls had sex and had babies because, yeah, your souls, your souls <laughs> We're getting scientific. Be, like, let's get it. Like, biologically speaking, your souls might be in the dolls, but you don't have a uterus. No. Or sperm. Yeah. Or maybe they do. Or a penis at all, even. Yeah, really. So it just really upset me. Fucking it just baby. really upset me that, like, all of a sudden your souls... Bump anyways, plastic. I could go on. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's bump plastic, baby. Yeah. That must be a line in the movie. I wouldn't Probably. be surprised. I would not yeah, be surprised. Yeah, I wrote surprised. it. That's right. Okay, well, I think this about wraps it up for this episode. Uh, so thank you very much for listening, as always. And yeah, if there's any horror fans in the Toronto area, Horrorama is coming up. The London Comic Con yeah. is coming up. William Shatner will be there. Yes, he is. Ooh, the Shat. The Shat. Um, Don't call him the Shat. The what is terrible. <laughs> I know. Yeah, there's lots of things coming up. We're going to see John Carpenter. I'm sure we'll talk about that. I'm sure that we'll talk about it once oh, that that's comes out, out. Because oh that comes God. out tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go see it and we'll talk about it. And uh, other than that, I hope you all have a good evening. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. All right, all right, all bye, right. Bye. bye.